Have you ever wondered if you actually deserved that recognition or praise? When in reality, you feel you just got lucky. You know, you just happened to be at the right place at the right time. Maybe you felt like a fraud and wondered whether you're qualified enough to offer that advice or that training. Or maybe you've had a big celebrity or brand approach you at some stage wanting to work with or collaborate with you and you've wondered why they've chosen you. There's so many other amazing people out there. These feelings of self-doubt are completely normal and this little voice inside is known as the imposter syndrome. Today, I'm chatting with Carly Lyon about how we can manage the imposter and perhaps even become friends with it. Because, and I hate to say it, this voice is never going to completely go away. (laughs) And if you don't take control over it, your personal brand could be affected. There's a fantastic quote appearing on the back of Carly's business card that I'd like you to remember before we get started. And here it is. There are people less qualified than you doing the things you want to do simply because they decide to believe in themselves, period. And as that sinks in, let's jump into the episode. Welcome to the Marketing and Me podcast. If you're eager to grow your health and wellness business via effective marketing methods while maintaining your own health and wellness, this podcast is for you. I'm your host, Leanne Shelton, and I help business owners just like you build trustworthy connections with your ideal clients. And I do this through engaging conversational copywriting and strategic advice at Nighttime Marketing. So feel free to book in a free 30-minute discovery call with me after listening to today's episode. The details are in the show notes. Well, today I'm joined by my guest, Carly Lyon. Welcome, Carly. Thank you. Hi, how are you? Good, thank you. Now, I met Carly uh, when she presented a masterclass on personal branding to the Independent Business Network, Inc., or IBM, Inc., last year. And I loved her energy and everything she had to say. A lot of it resonated with me. So I was eager to get her on the podcast at some point. And that's today. Perfect. I'm perfect. This is how the beauty of these things, isn't it? The intricate web. Yes, exactly, exactly. So before I delve too far into the episode, I'll read out your bio, Carly, so everyone knows who you are. Uh, So for the past 15 years, Carly has helped shape and grow the personal brands of truly remarkable individuals. She started her own PR consultancy at the ripe age of 22, and blind ambition gave her the opportunity to work and travel all over the world. And she played a part in the launch of the worldwide phenomenon, The Secret, which I'm a fan of, Mm -hmm. uh, convinced Richard Wilkins to put his bare foot up to camera on Breakfast TV. We'll come back to that. And (laughs) tied Miranda Kurt naked to a tree to raise awareness for koalas, among many other incredible experiences. Uh, She genuinely loves people and rarely ever takes part in surface-level conversation. Carly prefers to use every opportunity to truly get to know a person, who they are and what they stand for in life. 
Uh, and this uh, insatiable desire to go beneath the surface, which I like to do as well, with everyone she meets, combined with her international PR experience, has led to her led her to the work she does today, which is all about helping individuals, executives, thought leaders, and change makers articulate their personal brand and proactively manage their reputation. Mm-hmm. Very cool work. Very yeah. cool. <laughs> So what's, I mean, yes, there's a few highlights I mentioned there, but what was the favourite part of your PR career? (laughs) That is such a hard question to answer, to be honest. There have been so many highlights throughout my career. I mean, I, yeah, I I got to travel all over the world, um, work with so many amazing individuals and, and now really the work that I'm doing with women and the workshops that I am running around the country, I would yeah, it's too hard to answer that question, to be honest. I have had too many highlights in for so many different reasons. All right. And, and so just going back to that Richard Wilkins thing, yeah. why would you show your foot? I was so shocked <laughs> that he even did it. But um, I was representing a celebrity foot reader from the UK and it was such a a strange project for me to take on but for some reason I was just fascinated and I knew that we would get a lot of PR leverage out of it because it's just so interesting and um, so yeah we I got my client on the Today Show and um, yeah Richard Wilkins put his foot right up to the camera (laughs) just hilarious that's brilliant. And so a foot reader, is that kind of like doing yeah. a reading like, like a palm reader? But from exactly, a foot? exactly right. Exactly the same thing. But she saw your future in your feet. Ah. It was really fascinating. That is interesting. How's it? Do you know how it compares to your hand? I guess there's different lines. Uh, and... Different lines, like the shape of your toes, the length of your toes. I mean, she went into pretty intricate details, the the length of your foot, the width of your foot. It was, yeah. I don't know if it was something she pioneered. I actually don't remember that now because it was so many years ago or if it was something that was handed down to her. But, yeah, it was really fascinating. Oh, cool. <laughs> she was definitely owning it. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. So, yeah, well done on that little achievement. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, and so you've worked with yeah, a few celebrities. So Miranda Kerr as well you worked with for a, a quite a while, didn't you? Yes. Yeah, I worked with Miranda for seven years, or just over seven years, almost eight years. And, yeah, I was really lucky to to start working with her at a point where, you know, she was known in Australia but certainly not the kind of fame that she had uh, when I left or when I finished working with her to go on extended maternity leave. So I really got to watch and experience that trajectory and it was it's a fascinating journey to, to be a part of. Very cool. And I had another question about The Secret. What was your input with that? So I was represent. Oh, okay. So I, I'll try to make this an abridged version. <laughs> I was representing a speaker by the name of Dr. John Demartini, who was one of my first ever clients, and I also represented him for a good seven years. And um, we had this lady come along to his workshop. She had been sent by our publisher Hay House or by his publisher Hay House, and she sat next to me and we started chatting. She was a tiny little blonde lady. And um, basically, she was there to suss out my client, Dr. Demartini, and I was kind of there to suss out her project to kind of see if I was willing to put him on as an interviewee. 
And anyway, she was a producer with Channel 9 and she'd gone through this massive life trauma through losing her dad and depression. And she said, I'm doing this documentary and, you know, I think John would be great for it. I said, yes. And it turned out to be The Secret. And so we were obviously part of that PR snowstorm that occurred because we got a lot of press out of just being involved. So was that Rhonda Byrne? That Rhonda Byrne, that's right, yeah. Wow. Yeah. So cool. Because, yeah, for me, and I've mentioned this on my podcast before, I that it was a big turning point when I did, I read The Secret before yeah. I saw the, the TV, um, the, the movie, uh, documentary. And um, for me, I was always like a naturally negative thinker beforehand. And then I read it and, like, my mind was blown. And yeah. I basically, since reading that, like, I'm a, I call myself a positive thinker, you know, yeah. a positive person. So it just completely game changer for me. So that's why I just ask about that as well it was it it was amazing and I think the fact that she had come from tv as a producer she was able to communicate this idea which is an age-old philosophy and theory in terms of thinking and law of attraction but she because she had come from tv she knew how to make it compelling and even with the book you know she just yeah it, it it was such a journey that she went on and she had no prior like it wasn't like she had a personal brand. Um, obviously, she had credibility because of her TV background. But it was also, I always use it as a great example of somebody who just had an amazing idea and was willing to put themselves out there. And, I mean, the the reaction that she got from the world was just amazing. Incredible. Such, yeah. Yeah, it was such an inst- inspiring. And, yeah, like you said, a very well uh, well, collaborated. It what you know kept your attention throughout the yeah. whole book or throughout the whole documentary. Yeah. Um, and it's hard for a documentary or or a self help book sometimes. It's yeah. Um, I loved how it has the quotes. It really just broke it all up and, yeah. and examples and yeah. So yeah, listeners, if you haven't read it or seen it, go do it. Yeah. Um, so in today's episode, I want to talk to you about the imposter syndrome. Uh, could you please explain what it is? Mm. So I like to think of imposter syndrome as really a, an inner sense of not accepting that the success that you might have achieved in your life is not really your own, that you somehow it's come to you via luck or just a coincidence and, you know, or you were just in the right place at the right time. And there's just not this inner acceptance that, yes, I helped or I crafted these opportunities or I participated in that success. So if you're not connecting or accepting that you did participate, then you've got this sense like you're a fraud and that people are going to eventually find you out. And I don't really think, you know, we call it the imposter syndrome. I think that uh, academics and, and health professionals like to diagnose things, but I think it's just the human syndrome. I think ultimately, you know, I'm quite a spiritual person and I think that at the end of the day we do amaze ourselves with what we're able to do because at times there is a certain flow or there is an intuitive guidance that we can't we can't necessarily call it as our own because it is linked to something bigger than ourselves. So I think it is the human condition that we feel like imposters because when we do experience those moments of just clarity and connection, it's not just us. 
you know, it is something bigger than us as well. But we still need to accept and celebrate our part in it as as kind of co-creating with that energy. Love that. And I'm doing a lot of that energy kind of work and spirit. Yeah, great. So I'm, yeah, definitely, like I'm working on my, my money mindset, which I've mentioned yep. in the episodes, and really just surrounding myself with the really good energy and, um, you know, and every time I do achieve something, not think, oh, yeah, occasionally, look, I do have that little voice. Yeah, of <laughs> because, like, for me, for example, I do, I've been doing a lot of marketing training in recent months uh, and yeah. webinars. And, but for me, like, it's often do as I say, not as I necessarily do. Like Facebook lives, yeah. like, oh, yeah, videos are great. And up until yesterday, the last one was in May. Um, yeah. And so I'm like, oh, am I a bit of a fraud here telling people what to do? And my own marketing strategy isn't like 100%. Yeah. But, uh, I mentioned to someone, she goes, no, no, but you have the tools that you can offer people. What they do with that is up to them. But exactly. by a you know, offering that information, it's a great value. Absolutely. And, you know, we teach what we really ultimately need to learn ourselves. And I think that if you're a student of what you're teaching, I think that people relate to you in, in a more uh, sincere way. I, I, don't, I don't think that effect, an effective teacher is someone who comes in and thinks that they know it all, they do it all, they have it all together. I don't think anyone has it all together. And I think that you'll find that most service professionals like you and I who are recommending that, you know, people do certain things, you'll find that most of them feel that sense of, oh, my God, I'm telling all of my clients that this is something they should do, but I'm not doing it myself. Everyone has to take their own path, you know, and and that's what something that I talk about often, especially when it comes to personal branding. And, and I always admit that, you know, I find the concept of putting myself out there very unnatural and uh, uncomfortable. But the more that I do it for my clients, because I'm ulti- I ultimately feel that I am putting myself out there to share a message that is for them, then I'm also growing as well. So it's the perfect win-win. Yeah, because, yeah, like I've been doing the webinars, which I'm like, oh, push myself out of my comfort zone, which I do yeah. fairly regularly. Uh, I mean, this podcast, for example, that was a big step. And it's like, okay, showing people I can do it, you can do it too. And yeah. then, you know, I guess you make and the, I yeah, you remove that tall poppy syndrome, I guess, by just showing you are human and you, you're not, perfect (laughs) yeah exactly exactly and people want to share in the journey so they'll go along with you and they'll grow with you and they'll they'll learn with you and that's that's really nice and when you get to that I don't think we ever get to a point where we feel like oh I've made it this is it I don't think that ever exists and I I can sort of say that with authority or knowing because I have represented clients who have achieved so much they've you know more than what most people ever will but yet they still have that feeling of there's more there's you know there's bigger there's better so I don't think we ever get to that point where that's it yeah it's like um the pursuit of happiness and it's like yeah pursuit of success yeah and I'm yeah I'm reading the 10x rule by Grant Cardone at the moment and yeah it's all about you achieve something and then it's like, yeah, okay, what next? Yeah. Okay, what next? Successful people never really um, kind of hit a threshold because then otherwise you're just going stagnant and you're not successful anymore. Exactly. Yeah, so it's, it's kind of like yeah, people are like, oh, I want to be successful. Yeah, but what does that look like? And yeah. 
what's the next step from there and then right it's not a static position you don't reach it and then that's it exactly And, and what do you think are the causes of this human element of the imposter syndrome what do you what do you think well, I think it's exactly as I said, it's that we ultimately somewhere deep down inside ourselves know that it is a fa- it is the fact that we are co-creating with something bigger than ourselves. You know, to have inspired thought and to have moments where there is pure coincidence or you're you do find yourself in the right place at the right time, but you know that you're meant to be there. You know that this is your path. I, I just think that you uh, will have that tendency to feel like you haven't done it all yourself. Instead of celebrating the beauty of whatever that energy is and celebrating the fact that we've got that on our side and when we really tap into that, we can create something remarkable with that on our side. We feel like we've got to be out and be like this little independent thing doing everything. And I'm actually reading the most beautiful book at the moment. It's called The Untethered Soul by Michael Singer. And he often refers back to and talks about the fact that you have to just keep reminding yourself we are literally on a little rock floating in a galaxy that's surrounded by billions of other galaxies and billions of stars and we're just this little rock floating around a star but yet we overcomplicate so many things and we don't really just kind of ease into what this thing called life is you know what I mean like we're trying to we're like this little cell wanting to do our own thing when actually we are part of a bigger organism or a bigger being that we just, I like to say that we we all have, our, like we are little cogs in a machine. We've all got our little part to play, but we only pa- play the part properly when we really step into who we are as individuals. That's what I believe. Oh, I love that. I have chills actually. <laughs> um, yeah, no, so true. Um, and yeah, people think, they have to do it all. But if you've got the right mindset, you'll attract the right people to your world. And then yes. um, so like, yeah, these recent workshops I've been doing or webinars with City of Parramatta, it all came down to me having that inspired thought to send an email in response to other free workshops saying, hey, are you looking for presenters next year? And then yes. it kind of flew on from that. Um, and so I can say, oh, my success is a, it, uh, a taking the initiative, but I did have that other, yeah, inspired being. absolutely absolutely and you got to use that like you have to use that to your advantage I think we all do we all have we all have access to it that's my belief system but I do believe the majority of people are not actually connecting with it yes I agree and I think these days more and more of us are becoming aware of it it's becoming more mainstream as well it definitely is becoming more mainstream 100% I know when I started uh, in my career at 22, it, you know, I was specializing in that wellness, personal development, spirituality. You know, I was doing PR for individuals that were in that space. And I definitely don't think it was as mainstream as what it is today. Uh, and if I think of my clients or some of my clients, like Dr. John Martini, who was doing it from the age of 18, and today he's, uh, I'm sure John's nearly 70. You know, I can only imagine how much of a pioneer he was back then because it definitely wasn't mainstream. There were like tiny little self-help section in those weird hippie health food shops, and now it's just become, you know, 
look at yoga. I mean, all of these things, they're mainstream for sure. Yeah, because uh, you hear people who are um, entrepreneurs talking about this stuff. Yes, intuition. Been way too woo-woo once upon a time yes. to the hippies. But, yeah, I, I, 100%. And so, like, I'm aware of, of multiple celebrities who've experienced imposter syndrome. Is, is there, like, no way of escaping it? Yeah, I really don't think there is any way of escaping it because I do think it's just part of being a human. It's the human condition. And I do think that... Even you look at the most, and in fact, I think the people who have achieved even greater success, are, even if it's not really a measurement, but if you look at people who have really made a mark on planet Earth and on humanity, I think that they probably feel even a greater sense of it because there's a, a sense of, oh, how did I actually do this? It wasn't just me. So, yeah, I don't think we'll ever escape it. Yeah. And have you personally been affected by it in the past? I'm oh, sure. absolutely. There would have been a lot working with celebrities and you're like, yeah. oh. <laughs> absolutely. And, you know, the truth is the reason why I'm doing the work that I'm doing today was because when I went on extended maternity leave, I kind of sat back and looked back at my career up until that point and realised that at no Point throughout my career had I actually taken any initiative to build my own personal brand and here I was building the brands of all of these incredible individuals but I for some reason had convinced myself well they are the chosen ones they're the ones they're meant to be out in the public eye and they're meant to be doing what they're doing but what I now realize is you have to choose yourself first and they had to choose themselves first too they had to at some point say, yes, I am good enough, I have something to offer, you know, I I believe in whatever it is I stand for and I'm going to put myself out there. So it, that's the, the stepping stone, the first stepping stone to actually developing any kind of influence. And, yeah, I, I mean, I've felt that my whole career, my whole life really, and I still feel it. And I think that I've just accepted, as I said to you before, that I'll always feel it and it's just part of the condition rather than try to fight it or be kind of controlled by it or driven by it. I just know that it's just there. I love that. And I actually, I, through the Speakers Institute a couple of years ago, I did a, um, a talk on uh, becoming friends with the imposter. Yeah. And so I did a bit of um, a research behind it and I came to the conclusion that Ultimately, you've got to become friends with it, not treat it like an enemy. Yeah. And think of it, you know, it's just like a best friend who doesn't want you to get hurt. Yes. A friend who always says, oh, should you really do that? Are you sure? Oh, I don't know. Yeah. It's just because I don't want you to have experienced pain. Exactly. So, so uh, true. Yeah. So I basically, you know, through my talk, I said, um, just kind of listen to it kind of reflect upon it where's this come from where's this story why have I got this like block and then do it anyway like that yeah. um face your fear and do it anyway yeah and then you'll hear that voice goes quiet because it's not <laughs> because you proved them wrong yeah and <laughs> totally <start it> again <laughs> and that's a beautiful metaphor and it's it's so true it's so so true yeah it's the best way I best approach great idea yeah, so I, I really I enjoyed that talk. So I, I, the ironic thing was is that I felt like an imposter talking about imposter syndrome because there was other people in this room who had so much 
turmoil and hardship in their life and I just had low self-esteem as a kid and I'm like how do I compare with um but yeah so it, was- it still feels bad it still feels heavy it still feels it's your story it's your you know it's your story exactly um and speaking of, yeah my story how does imposter syndrome affect one's personal branding if they can't get control or manage their friend? Uh, I think that, you know, I think that it has a massive impact on someone's personal brand. The work that I'm doing one-on-one, you know, when I do the workshops, I don't, I get to hear bits and pieces of people's stories, but it's not really until I work with someone one-on-one that I really get to delve in. And so what I've started to realise, which really I know myself anyway, because I've been through it myself, is you know, when it comes to personal branding, you have to really consistently be, have that mindset of how can I put myself out there there in this situation or how, what can I do right now to build my profile or to, you know, expand my network? It's a consistent mindset. So you are constantly going to be at battle with that sense of not being good enough or that imposter. So even tomorrow, I know I've got a a meeting with one of my clients who just had her photo shoot done and that's part of the personal branding kind of spectrum of things that need to be done. And we are having a session. Why? Because she's gone through the photos and she doesn't like how she looks. She doesn't like the fact she looks fat in some photos, in her opinion, which she doesn't. But she doesn't like the angles. She doesn't like her teeth. Like, This is all part, I believe, of that sense of I'm not good enough, I don't look good enough to be putting myself out there, to be that person who's out in the spotlight, to be considered the expert in any area because I don't look good enough, I don't sound, you know, all of these things. So it has a massive impact. And if you, like you said so rightly, if you have a healthy relationship with that dynamic and with that voice, then everything will be fine. But the minute you let it control you and consume you and really let it overcome your thoughts and thinking, it's not going to be great. It will hold you back. Yeah, and I know people who don't have their photo at all on their website and yeah. I'm I'm a big believer in the about page and because I personally like to go to the about page to really connect with the human behind the business and so many of them still don't have their photos. And I'm like, why? Like, I want to be able to connect with you and don't, yeah, there's no ideal image of what you should be looking like as a perfect business owner. There is such a yeah. thing. <laughs> yeah, you are who you are. And that's, of course, you're going to make an effort to look your best and to feel your best in that photo. But at the end of the day, you don't walk around in life with a paper bag over your head. So why would why is that any different? And I think this is really the shift that needs to be made, especially in the minds of those who are kind of 35 years plus. You know, anyone younger than that, they're just, it's a natural to them. It's a given that they're online, they have a digital presence, and part of that means putting photos up of themselves or videos. Whereas 35 plus, this is all very foreign to them. So all of my clients really are female and they're 40 plus, 35, but more so 40 plus, because to them, it's so unusual, so foreign to think, well, why do I have to put a photo of myself online? But I remember I was listening to a podcast with Elon Musk and Joe Rogan, and Elon Musk said, our phone is no longer a digital device. He said, it's a portal to our online selves. 
And it's true. We spend so much time online. We have a self in the online stratosphere and we have to start looking at how are we showing up in that world as well because it's as equally important, especially now as we go through COVID, we realise that it's just as important as the real life. And I think, yeah, just touching on that, um, it's important to make the online presence match your real presence yeah. <laughs> as well. Because yeah. there's, I mean, so many people go, oh, um, you know, too many filters and all, oh, uh, um, only putting up what people they think people want them to say yeah. or something like that. I know I'm, I'm a bit of a people pleaser, um, and I don't try to put anything too controversial. Yeah. But ultimately, I show up as me, and I, I you know, I, I'm authentic. I'm vulnerable. I show a bit of that. Um, don't go too vulnerable. Uh, but I, yeah, I like to, and I make sure my photo as well, my Facebook and LinkedIn looks yeah. like me as yeah. well. Yeah, I've actually, been. Um, I went to a copywriting conference, and um, or copy. Yeah, there were all whole room of copywriters. And yeah. I had so many people, I've been chatting with them online in the membership group for every year. So many came up to me going, oh, Leanne, yes, you look like your photo. Yes. And, great. That's great feedback. And I'm like, oh, okay, good. So they recognized me just from that little tiny photo. Yeah. And I, yeah, I kind of started telling people that group, don't just have that distant photo of your or full body or with your family. It's got to be your face. And that's, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think it's such an important investment. It's really One of the first things I look at if I'm assessing somebody's personal brand is that image and that headshot. It's something that we need to invest in. And look, not all of us have the budgets to go and have a professional shoot. But these days, you know, there are so many photographers out there doing this, servicing this need, and you get the full spectrum. So you've got people who will just come shoot you for $50, and then you go all the way up to having a shoot that's, you know, two or $3,000 for the day. So you know, I think anyone's budget, really, if you find the right photographer, will allow for a good headshot. And I think it's one thing that I recommend everyone gets. And I 100% agree with you, Leanne. It should be something that looks like you. It shouldn't be a glamour shot. You shouldn't look like this airbrushed, you know, completely different. Because it actually does you a disservice. Because when you meet the people in real life, if you do not look like your online picture, you'll actually create distrust. And that's not a good thing. It's not how you, it's not how you uh, nurture relationships. Yeah, I agree. Because, and then, you know, because I, I like, I love networking. I know I can't yeah. do a lot of it right now. But, you know, when you do go to networking events and they see you and they see you're online and you look the same. And there's so many people I know have got photos look very old. Yeah. And it just, it makes, yeah, you're like, but you look great now, but even if they're a bit older, like you look yeah. great, why not, you know, put that up there? And women especially really suffer with this because I'm, I don't want to make anyone feel bad about their decisions, but at the end of the day with what's happening with cosmetic surgery and, again, everyone has the choice to make and I encourage if you want to use science to help you make feel make you feel better, do it. But don't do it because you think that you're not allowed to age or you're not allowed to have creases in your forehead. Do it because you genuinely think that you'll look better and feel better. But, you know, I was watching an interview with Oprah and Michelle Obama and she was talking about the fact that she was doing a book signing 
And at some point she felt like she was seeing the same person over and over and over again because there is so much, um, everyone's starting to look the same because of plastic surgery, big lips, you know, their faces are all shiny and still. And, you know, it's the downside to all of these enhancements that we're able to get. There's a downside to them. And I think the fact that they even exist, women put themselves under even more pressure because all of a sudden all of their friends' faces are looking like they're stuck in time, but yet they're aging and so they feel this pressure and they don't want to put themselves out there as a result of that. So it's a really interesting thing that we as a society will need to address because there's girls as young as 20 starting to get Botox and fillers because they don't want to wrinkle. And I just, I'm very interested to see what the outcome of that is. And again, I'm not judging. I might even try it myself one day, but I just think there there has to be a conversation, like a really frank and open conversation so that women are allowed to have wrinkles, you know? I know. And I, I know some people who are embracing the grey and they're like, oh, I'm just going to let it go grey. Yeah. And- um, make that my part of my branding. That's part of me. Right. And and like you know, because I think you know, in if someone who's older, you often have more respect for them, and they come across as more yeah. knowledgeable. So it could actually enhance your brand if you do look a little bit older. Yeah, yeah. Look, I think that there's def. I definitely think ageism may exist in some industries and in some areas. And I've had clients who purposely, uh, you know, leave out. Uh, different job titles and experiences in their past because they don't want their em- potential employer to be able to count the years back and know how, exactly how old they are. So I, you know, I'm not naive enough to think that it doesn't exist. I think that there probably is something there. But then I'd also argue, well, do you really want to work with that company or with those people if that's their values and that's what they're looking for? Do you re- And this is what I always come back with with personal branding is if you say and act and show up in a way that you think pleases a certain audience but it's not actually aligned with who you are, then what ends up happening is you attract opportunities and people that aren't actually really aligned with you. Whereas if you go down the path of really being authentic or not even authentic because I don't know, I think that's overused, but just being (laughs) true to who you are and really just leaning into your story, your individuality, yes, it means that you will not get certain opportunities, but you'll get opportunities that are more aligned to you and that are more true to you. You'll find clients that really speak your language. And I think that's really, I just feel like that is more fulfilling. Like I just feel like that's a smart way to do it. Yeah, that's where like your niching comes into it. And I, you know, I niche into health and wellness because I'm like, well, that's the content I really love doing and clothes. And I've still said yes to other projects just based on people I've met and I've, you know, got to know them. But it really flows when I'm I've got the right, I've just got some new clients on board who are in that era and it's related to mums. And I'm like, yes, I can tick all those boxes. I'll be able to write them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, so if someone was to start their personal branding journey today, what yep. steps do they take? <laughs> so assuming they've done nothing in the past, they've never really even thought about what their personal brand is or what they want it to represent, 
the first thing is really becoming visible to themselves. So really starting to ask themselves the hard questions and delve deep into who they are, you know, who am I, what do I stand for, what do I want to represent. And one of the things I talk about in, uh, I ran a masterclass during COVID and there's this beautiful word in the Japanese language called ikigai and what it stands for is your reason for being and they basically say that you will find your reason for being at the intersection of what you love to do what you are really good at what the world needs and what you can be paid for and so I actually think it's a perfect framework for your personal brand so you'll find your personal brand at the intersection of what you love to do, what you're really good at, what the world needs, and what you can be paid for. And I believe therein lies the, I suppose, the magic ingredients of what your personal brand really is about. And I think you need to think about and add into that maybe some, you know, your greatest assets, the things that you really love about yourself and it might be physical characteristics it might be your particular style like you really need to think about the things that you love about yourself so that's first thing is to really become visible to yourself secondly it's about okay well how you've asked yourself what the world needs and what you want to basically what's the problem you're solving what you want to offer to people you then need to say, well, who is my target audience? So I don't like to say first, who's my target audience, and then think about how I want to position myself. I want to think about who am I? What do I love? And what do I, like you said, you love wellness, you love this, you love that. Then you talk about, well, then who's my target audience? And then it's about, well, thinking from a communication standpoint, how do I get that message out to the world? And where where is my target audience? Where What are they reading? Where are they going? You know, all of the same kind of frameworks and conversations you would have in the traditional branding sense. And then it's about consistently putting yourself out there to those people. But really thinking about, obviously, in the digital era that we're living in, what is your headshot and how are you showing up visually? Uh, what digital platforms do you have? Do you own your digital footprint? You know, do you have your own personal website? When someone Googles your name, what comes up? I'm really taking control of that. And then, yes, starting to develop and strategically create relationships in the area that you know your audience resides. But you can't get to that point until you've really had that hard conversation with yourself. Yes, that's brilliant. I, I've and yeah, I've kind of gone through that at the moment, and all those things I can tick the boxes for that the marketing training I've been doing, yeah. and you know, because I always thought myself as a copywriter, you know, first or content yeah. marketer, and then with COVID, that's where I really moved a lot more heavy into the training, and I got such great feedback, and I felt such satisfaction, and yeah. so yeah, all those boxes where I love, I'm good at, or I was told I'm good at it, people enjoy yeah. it. Um, the world needs to know business owners and know more about marketing and how they can grow yeah. their business and I can be paid for it. So yeah. I'm like, yes, yes, that sounds like I'm on the right There's track. It's a green intersection, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, I think what people get caught up with also is their focus on what they do as opposed to who they are. So when it comes to personal branding, 
let's say, okay, you're a copywriter. There's a million, maybe even a billion copywriters in the world. But what makes you different is the fact that you're Leanne. And what are the ingredients that go into making Leanne Leanne? So as, you know, it's about deciding or becoming intentional about how, what words will people use to describe Leanne? And really thinking about what words do I want them to use when they think of me? And so then that will really start to inform and direct how you're showing up in all of the moments that you're showing up. And I think this is a really kind of magical journey to go on because once you start to become intentional about who you are and how you're showing up, I just feel like everything becomes more purposeful. Yes. And, you know, everyone's looking for their purpose. I want my purpose. I want my... Well, maybe your purpose is really being who you are. And through that, you'll find all of the things you're meant to do. It's not just what you do. It's actually who you are. And maybe that's where the, the you know, the magic lies. Yeah, I love that. And, yeah, like I'm I'm just myself. I'm just silly, a bit quirky. I love yeah. my jokes. Uh, I make mistakes. Uh, I'm big on turquoise, as you can see. I'm always turquoise and I've made perfect. that a strong thing throughout. Um, I'm known for turquoise. Like yeah, perfect. I'm always wearing it. I always have something. Um, and, yeah, I, it's, yeah, it sounds really good. Thanks for that. That's really good insight for anyone who hasn't hasn't got their personal branding kind of pinpointed or they want to get onto it. Yeah. So, yes, thank you so much for sharing. I'll put some of that into the show notes. And uh, Carly, I like to ask my guests this. uh, How do you manage your health and wellness? I'm a big walker. So for me, walking is like my meditation. It's my exercise. It's my everything. And even just my brains. I get all my ideas when I'm walking. So walking for me is just everything. It's and my husband, who is not very active, um, you know, he'll laugh because the minute we get anywhere, especially if we go somewhere new, I'll just want to get out and walk. Like I'm a big, big walker. So walking is a big part of it. Yoga was a big part of it pre-COVID, but I have to admit I haven't been doing enough of that because I haven't been able to access my studio um, but yeah, definitely walking for me and I, I I do look at what I'm eating. That's a big part of it. And sleeping. Yes, making sure you get enough hours. Yeah. <laughs> and every night I have a bath. So I think that's definitely a part of my wellness routine because it's I think having those moments where you just really get to nurture yourself and just indulge with a beautiful lavender bath. So I yeah, I can't imagine my life without my bathtub. Oh no! See, I've got a bathtub in my ensuite, which I probably yeah. used twice. <laughs> no, lived here because I think it's. I feel maybe it's this wastage kind of mindset. Like oh, that all that water takes so long to fill up, and then I like scalding hot, and it's yeah. it's never warm for that long, and so it'd be like you fill it up for ten minutes, and I sit in there for five, and then I'm cold. Oh no. <laughs> Oh, yeah, you have to figure out something to do with that because. Yeah. Well, we're going to bathroom redone at some point and make sure it's got some sort of heat. Yeah, some kind of. Yeah. I'm sure there's some feature like that these days. Um, <laughs> but, yes, I do. I've, I was given from a client some magnesium bath salts and I'm like, I've yeah, used it a couple of times. I have baths with the, the girls occasionally yeah. and that's, you know, a fun little bit more splashing around not no relaxing. that's not relaxing <laughs> it's fun and it's cute but it's not relaxing yeah when they're six and a half and three and a half it's yeah, just 
messy and yeah, <laughs> uh, fun. But um, and so, how can people connect with you? I am on LinkedIn, Instagram, and my website, which is just carlylion.com. Cool. I'll put that in the show notes as well. And, yeah, and then I'm sure on your website it's got any upcoming training and things as well. Yeah, I'm, I'm so desperate to – I was just talking to my husband just then about the fact that I want to run a workshop. I've held off on really scheduling anything. But funnily enough, I was just invited to speak at an event that's coming up. It's a live event. And I was really surprised that they had organised it. So I'm feeling like maybe there will be – uh, personal branding workshop in coming up but yeah I'm just not sure yet so uncertain at the moment yeah it's like that I, I've been doing all my these, these webinars and so maybe want to go into the webinar yeah I did I a been few, overdone. <laughs> they, they, I feel like there I did quite a few like during the peak of COVID and then I thought oh maybe people are starting to fatigue but now that Melbourne's back in lockdown I probably need to run a few more just even just for them just to give them something to do so yeah no I'll, I'll definitely be looking at what my next next events are yeah awesome awesome well thank you so much for joining thank us today you. I love talking about yeah imposter syndrome and personal branding two things that I'm always kind of reflecting upon and as yeah. Said, uh, yeah everyone should um so Absolutely. yes thank you so much my pleasure thank you for having me Thank you. And thanks to you, dear listener, for tuning in. You can find show notes for the episode at marketingandme.com.au. If you enjoyed listening, please subscribe and leave me a rating and review via your podcast app or at ratethispodcast.com slash marketingandme. If you're interested in connecting with me, feel free to reach out via LinkedIn. Just search for Leanne Shelton and you can join the Marketing and Me podcast Facebook group. And in general, if you want to learn more about generating more leads or outsourcing your copywriting to me, head to my website, righttimemarketing.com.au and book in a free 30-minute discovery call. And until next time, I wish you good health and good wealth. <laughs>